Good morning, church. It's so good to be with you at Bedside Baptist. No, um, it's a joy to share God's word with you this morning. Um, and I know that there are so many people who are afraid. I know that there are many people who are wondering how all of this will end. But I just want you to know that God is not missing in action, that God hadn't forgotten, uh, that God's word is still true, that he is still good, and that God is still at work. And our call, even during this time, is to trust him and to believe him and to cling to him, to tether ourselves to him, even during a difficult time like we're in. Meet me in Philippians chapter 4, verses 10 through 19, what we heard read just moments ago is the word of the Lord. Amen, church? Amen. Just so you know, uh, with all that's going on, we've switched gears a bit. We'll jump back into Daniel. We'll finish out Daniel after Easter, uh, but we'll be in this week, Philippians chapter 4, verses 10 through 19. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you just for the opportunity to be together, even though we are the church scattered. I thank you, Lord, for your word. Your word gives us hope. Your word gives us encouragement. Your word challenges us. Uh, and Lord, I pray that your word would give us life this morning. I pray we would cling to your word even during this time, oh God. I pray you would speak to us. I pray you would use your word to refine us and to conform us into the image of Jesus Christ. Lord, use this time even that we're apart, oh God, I pray that your people would dive deep into your word. Give us a desire for it. I pray, your Lord, you would give us a desire for the other spiritual disciplines, that we would maximize this opportunity. We would maximize it with our families, but that we would also maximize it with you. Thank you, Lord, um, for this time together, and I pray, oh God, even as we go to your word, that you would move me aside, that we may hear from you this morning. And it's in Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. Uh, listen, the backdrop of this text is that the Apostle Paul, through a vision, had been called to share the gospel in Macedonia. There is a man in Paul's vision saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. Of course, our text is a letter to the Philippians, but you should know that Philippi was actually the capital of Macedonia. Get this, while Paul is there, according to Acts chapter 16, a slave girl who is filled with an evil spirit, she essentially reads palms for a living and really for her masters. Uh, she follows him for days. Paul and Silas are roaming together, doing ministry, and here he is, a Jewish man uh, in a Rome-controlled, a Roman-controlled place. And she follows Paul and Silas for days. And she's not just following them. She's yelling and mocking them because she has an evil spirit. Here's what she's saying. This man is a servant of the Most High God, and he proclaims to you the way of salvation. And after literally days of this, she's gotten on Paul's last nerve. He looks at her and he says, in the name of Jesus, I command you to come out of her. And in that moment, this evil spirit came out of this little slave girl. But her owners are furious because they can no longer profit off of their slave. And the owners grab Paul and Silas 
and they drag them into the center of town before the rulers. And they say, these men are Jews and they're causing problems in this town. And in this moment, do you know, an angry mob gathers. They literally rip Paul and Silas's clothes off of them. And they severely beat them and they throw them into jail. You should know that Paul's no model inmate. He is imprisoned. He's in chains in Philippi. And you know what he's doing? He's praying and singing hymns. I can imagine Paul uh, in chains in Philippi singing, I know it was the blood. I know it was the blood. I know it was the blood for me. One day when I was lost, he died on the cross. And I know it was the blood for me. So you have to understand as Paul pins the letter to the Philippians, his world has been turned upside down. And I can imagine he's tempted with despair. I can imagine when he looks at his current circumstances, he's tempted with depression. I can imagine Paul's wondering, when will all of this be over? Think about this. Paul didn't have Wi-Fi as he's in prison. Paul didn't have Netflix or Hulu. Yet remarkably, Paul is filled with faith. So anybody tempted to lose heart in their current circumstances... If anybody has more questions than they have answers with all that's going on and with all that's before us right now, I would submit to you, you can learn from the Apostle Paul's example. Listen, the premise of our text is that the Apostle Paul is expressing deep gratitude to the church of Philippi because they've come to his aid. Paul tells them in verse 10, I'm filled with joy that you're thinking about me again. But even before we get to our text, listen to the Apostle Paul. He is encouraging the church. Philippians chapter 1 verse 12 says it this way. I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. Unbelievable. Paul says uh, his imprisonment is actually moving forward the message of Jesus. And I don't know about you, but my hope is that the message of Jesus would move forward in power even as we're sheltered in place. My hope is that social distancing would mean silence for you. My hope is that you would be inspired to share your faith and the story that God is writing in your life even now. Look at Philippians chapter 3 verse 14. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. I just want you to notice the Apostle Paul's example. He's in prison uh, for no fault of his own. And he's saying, I know my circumstances are not the best, but listen to the message I'm pressing on. Paul tells us that his ultimate goal is not comfort in this life. Rather, his goal is the prize of Christ Jesus. Now, I don't know how you're processing all that's going on right now, but maybe you need to be reminded to keep pressing. Maybe you need to be reminded to just keep moving forward, to keep going. Uh, And even in Philippians chapter four, verse six, look at this with me. 
Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. I just want you to know when times are tough, when tough times come, is actually the time to move closer to God and not away from Him. Paul tells the church, don't be consumed by fear. Take it to God in prayer. And maybe that hadn't been your natural response during all this going on, but I want to encourage you that today is a new day. You and I can learn from the Apostle Paul's example. But one of the beautiful things about this text is before Paul gets to the vehicle of God's provision, he shows us the disposition of his heart. And it's so easy for us to rush to God's hand before we get God's heart. Paul shows us sometimes, hear me, God provides through contentment. Paul says, I'm grateful you're thinking about me, Church of Philippi. Then look at verses 11 through 12. He says this, not that I'm speaking of being in need, for I've learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. Uh, Listen, the dictionary defines contentment this way, as a state of happiness and satisfaction. And the biblical definition is pretty close. It is to be satisfied. This is difficult. How in the world can you be severely beaten and thrown into prison, yet you are content? How in the world? Paul is saying, when in Christ, no boss or virus can disturb his peace. It's the kind of peace that far surpasses our understanding. Listen, Paul won't let his circumstances dictate his satisfaction in God. This is the blessing of Christ Jesus. When you are rooted in Christ, the enemy cannot deceive you into thinking your circumstances rule the day. I love the language Paul uses. He says, I've learned in whatever situation I am to be content. Listen, contentment is a process. Paul didn't come out of the womb ready and willing to take on whatever may come. He learned to be content in the Lord. This is a gift from God. This is God's provision to every believer. It is the ability to rest in him no matter the circumstance. Uh, The story is told of a little boy who's on an airplane. Surprisingly, he seems to be flying alone. And there's a woman who is across the aisle from him. And the little boy is just enjoying his time on the plane, playing on his iPad, playing some little games. And all of a sudden, the plane uh, has entered into a significant amount of turbulence. And the plane is violently shaking. And everybody, every passenger on the plane is afraid. And everybody is up in arms. uh, Except this little boy. He's just playing away. Uh, on his iPad games, and and the woman is a bit perplexed at how relaxed this little boy is, and she leans over the aisle, and she says to him, hey, hey, little boy, are you not afraid with all that's going on and all of this turbulence? And, And the little boy looks the woman, he pauses from his iPad game for a second, and he looks her in the face, and he says, no, I'm not afraid. My daddy 
is the pilot. And it's this understanding that his daddy is in control. And this is how Paul, Paul finds contentment and rest. Because he understands no matter the circumstance, no matter what he faces, uh, throw him in prison or not, he is, his daddy is in control. Paul is saying that his dad knows what he's doing and he can rest in him. That's the reason he says in Philippians chapter 4 verse 13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He is satisfied in God. See, the gift of contentment is not about what you have or what you can get. It's about knowing Christ. Listen, your contentment in Christ uh, and your affections for Christ grow when you are with Christ. Be with him in prayer. Be with him in his word. Be with him in the community of faith. But secondly, God provides through community. Historically, the church has been on the front lines of providing for cities all over the world. Uh, the church has created institutions of higher education and even hospitals. Uh, and do you know that God has always used the church to show off his love? Acts chapter 2, uh, as we think about the church of antiquity, uh, Acts chapter 2 verse 45 reminds us of this. It says they were selling their possessions and belongings, hear this, and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. Even in Acts chapter 4, verses 34 through 35, there was no needy person among them, for as many as were owners of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold and laid it at the apostles' feet, and, and it was distributed to each as any has need. God's provision often comes through community, and Paul experienced this firsthand. God saw the needs of the Apostle Paul, and the way God provided for him was through the Philippians. What's incredible about this is it's not just Paul on the receiving end who benefited. But verse 17 tells us, not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. Paul is saying when you allow God to use you to bless others, it's actually a blessing to you as well. That's the reason the scripture reminds us that it's better to give than it is to receive. When you are the hands and feet of Jesus to somebody else, you declare to the masses that every good and perfect gift comes from the Lord. You join God in his work to restore and to renew all things. Here's what's interesting. Paul has to let go of his pride and to allow God's people to be a blessing to him. Sometimes that's the hardest part. Sometimes we can be hurting in isolation. We can be hurting. We can be lonely and nobody knows. Don't you know God wants to and will provide for you? The other day I ordered some takeout and... Uh, uh, the guy came to the door and he delivered the bag. And, and man, I was just excited to, to dive into the food. And I wanted to support some small businesses and uh, local spots as well and get the food in the house. And I just dive into the bag. And, and I realized that um, my fries are suspiciously low. And, and then it kind of hits me a bit 
that my entire bag actually smells like marijuana. And, and I'm a little bothered by it a little bit because not only does my bag smell like marijuana, but my fries are low. So I immediately think this brother got the munchies on the way to my house. And I just feel a little cheated. I feel like my order is incomplete. And yet when I look at Philippians chapter 4, what the Apostle Paul says is community provides for him. And it is a complete gift that God leaves nothing undone. That God through community gives his best to, to those who are in need. Lastly, I want you to know that God has provided through his son. Verse 19 says, And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. What a promise. God will fulfill everything you're lacking. God will provide for your, you according to, his, uh, according to his abundance and his greatness. See, the beauty of Christianity is that God looks beyond our faults and sees our need. The beauty of Christianity is that God realized that we could never begin to provide for ourselves. Here's how God provided for us. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 12 says it this way. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Here's how God provided for us while we were still sinners. God sent his son to die the death that we should have died. The message of Christianity is that God so loved the world that he gave, that he provided for us through the vehicle, through the person of his only son. And no matter the circumstance, we can be satisfied in him. And it was Jesus who worried uh, so we could be free from worry. It was Jesus who was guilty so that you and I could be free from guilt. Jesus was weighed down by shame so we could be free from shame. Jesus said yes to death so that we could say yes to life. The messiness of the cross is proof positive that God sees our need and he will not leave them unanswered. So just recently, church, a miracle happened. The U.S. Senate and the U.S. House of Representatives, they actually agreed it was a miracle. And the president signed the COVID-19 stimulus package into law. Uh, the federal government essentially through this stimulus package recognized that there is going to be major gaps in our economy for a number of corporations, for industries, for small businesses, and even for families. They've all said, our country is in need. We've got to provide for them immediately. I'm here to tell you that Philippians chapter 4 reminds us that God has provided for far greater than our financial needs. That God offered us a divine stimulus package in the person of Jesus Christ. That he stepped in for us to do what we could never begin to do for ourselves that God sent his only begotten son to shed his blood for us that we may come into relationship with him. And the reality, the good news of Jesus Christ is that you and I can trust in God's provision in the person of Jesus. For Christ has done what we could not do 
He's stepped in for us and he actually became sin. He who knew no sin that we might have an opportunity to become the righteousness of God. He made a way for us. And that way is offered to us through the person of Jesus as God has divinely provided for us. And do you know that God is still providing for you today? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your unending love. We thank you for your matchless grace. And we thank you, Father, that you have provided for us beyond what we could ever begin to do for ourselves. I thank you, Father, that you saw us at our greatest point of need and you came after us through the person of Jesus Christ. And, oh God, I pray that we would say yes to Jesus today. May we say yes to his love and yes to his faithfulness, yes to his kindness, and yes to his unending mercy. We thank you for all that you're up to in our church. And I pray, Father, that we would look forward to the time that we can gather together again. It's in Jesus' name. And all God's people said,